welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's uh, Moons Over My Hammy of a TV show, A Game of Thrones. Uh, my name is uh, Doug. Uh, we have split this episode into two, and this is part two, The Reigns of Castamere. This is the Red Wedding episode, and this is where things get uh, meaty. Uh, apologize for that uh, uh, wording, but that's what happens. So uh, sit back, relax, and we'll be back to a normal uh, schedule next Tuesday. So without further ado, uh, here's part two of the Reigns of Castamere. Ready? Go for it. Okay, so next we go to Yunkai, where the three amigos, Dario, Jora, and uh, Grey Worm, enter Yunkai to attempt to recruit the slaves. Uh, Dario kills the initial warriors, um, and Jora and Grey Worm find him after killing, I guess, probably three, four, five people. Then suddenly, several dozen soldiers show up, and uh, they are easily dispatched by the three amigos. Uh, suddenly, uh, after they begin cr- congratulating themselves, another several dozen more soldiers appear, uh, leading the audience to wonder what happened. And this was very dumb. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this felt like obligatory Xena um, warrior princess bullshit to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I yeah. With like a smattering of fair. like George Lucas, kind of like Star Wars. You know, chasing the stormtroopers, falls into a room with a whole bunch of other stormtroopers, and then has to, like, turn, oh, no. Like, it seems just like like it's trying to be comedic, um, trying to give you action, and just trying to fill some kind of quota as opposed to being compelling in any kind of way. I don't know. It also um, made me wonder, uh, Grey Worm's fighting style by himself uh, seems very impractical, because what if his, um, his uh, fucking, what's that called, spear gets stuck in a dude? Yeah. Well, he's- it's kind of screwed, isn't it? Yeah, what if somebody comes at you from the side? You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't think a spear is good in close quarters combat. Um, but yeah, this is dumb. Yeah, anybody want to expound about how dumb it is or have anything else to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really dumb. know. I don't know about fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, dumb. I'm ignorant on fighting <laughs> as well, but I'm pretty sure this is dumb. I think it's choreographed okay, but I agree that I think it could have been handled a little bit better. Um, it's kind of just like, okay. I feel like even if they like would have... Does if, anybody think that like these guys are going to get killed in the scene? Like, You know what I mean? Like, It's like, what? Like, okay, here we go. Know. Yeah, it's not really set up with those kind of stakes in mind, which is interesting because right. they, they play their return as like... It's a big deal. This big yeah. thing, and it, it it was never really set up as like... As dangerous as I guess it could have been. There's not really great stakes to it. I will say, I mean, it's, I mean, the fighting is not bad. And, you know, for an episode that's, you know, this a climactic episode that doesn't really have any other fighting. I mean, the Red Wedding isn't really a fight, right? Yeah. Um, so they probably do feel like they need to have some of this kind of action in there. And like, whatever, it's the climax for Danny for this season, taking another city. But her kind of arc, until she gets to Marine, her arc is a little bit. Kind of floating around. Holy shit! Anyway, did she so. do anything this season? Like, did did last season end with her getting her army? Or was that all this season as well? I can't remember. No, she got the unsullied this season. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, all right, so more. Like, that's the, that's the high point. But of that's like three for Danny is when she gets right. the unsullied. Right. For sure. Um, I will say this. I I I I I, I get critical of myself for just beating up the show and not offering any uh 
alternatives. So let's make it better. I got one. Like you could have, they already set up Jorah and Dario's kind of conflicted relationship. They could have had them like bicker or have like, uh, you know, it, during the course of the fight, yeah. Jorah could have been like killed by Dario or something. They could have built up some of the conflict between them, whether it's perceived by just Jorah or otherwise, just a little bit of shit talking, something. And I felt like that could have brought something, anything more to this goddamn. Uh, even if you, scene. even if rather like than ending the scene with like a, a group of guys runs in, it's like oh, more guys. Like what if, what if you end it on a cliffhanger with like one of them? It looks like one of them's going to die, and there's a possibility that the other might save them, but they both kind of don't like each other. They're both kind of Jones and for Danny. That right. would have been more than than just like just like dudes show up. There's more dudes, right? Um, and I agree with you completely. Like playing off their playing off their relationship a little bit more would have been the way to go. Uh, but the, they just kind of don't do anything. They just kind of run in and kill some people and then more people show up and that's it. So it, I don't, I really don't understand the logic of it either, because you would think that if there are this many soldiers in this one place, the soldiers almost seem like they know something's happening because otherwise why are 40 why soldiers like and then another yeah. 40 soldiers? You could say that they're on, they're on red alert because the city's surrounded by uh, and about to be attacked. I guess, but the, the, I think the later implication is that they don't. I don't know that they actually fought the second set of soldiers. Instead, I think they. I think the implication is that they convinced the slave soldiers to fight with them um, when the second, or I guess, third group arrived. Um, I don't know if anybody else agrees with that assessment of it, but if that assessment is correct, then why is there not, not like slave masters or somebody who's not a slave soldier there directing these? What a hundred guys that they've killed at this point, or, or at least encountered in a short amount of time in a small space. Yeah, you could have. Okay, so yeah, another way you could have made this better, they could have found a group of slaves, soldiers, and like trying to convince them, or found a bunch of slaves that are being held captive in like a cell, or saying you guys got to you know fight for Danny, and then like soldiers are coming and like, are you going to help us or not? And then you could have left it on that cliffhanger. Anything. Uh, yeah. This was just this was just all around. I don't know. It, it, there's no conflict. There's no conflict. Yeah, it's under like the, some Princess Bride shit or something. Well, Princess Bride is great. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's great, but it's also kind of a, a corny movie. Yeah, at the same time. It's for kids. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so uh, we're outside the wedding uh, at the phrase, and the armies that are there are celebrating uh, by mud wrestling. I guess that's what the guys do. Uh, inside, Walter Frey escorts his daughter down the aisle. Uh, it is revealed that she is actually kind of pretty, um, to Edmure's surprise, uh, in a very statutory kind of way. Um, Walter uh, gives Rob the old side eye, like, uh-huh, this is what you could oh, have. Oh, God, I love that so much. <laughs> I love that look so much. When I, yes. watched it, I was like, that's classic. It's pretty good. Uh, the Frey girl, uh, who's named Rosalind, is cloaked by Edmure. They say the vows to the seven, and we get... Uh, some more quote-unquote comedy with a group of fray girls making eyes at the douchefish, and he is not interested. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the douchefish. She's clearly adopted, this fray girl, right? There's no way she's one of the McPoints. <laughs> she's, she's, the pick, she's the pick of the litter. Like she's I the, guess. But you would think uh, Walter Frey would, would throw the... Uh, what's the... Uh, uh, equiv- the ugly equivalent of the runt of the litter. <laughs> I, uh, I think, but 
Yeah, it yeah, really doesn't make any part, sense. Yeah. It, like, she's pretty in the books, too. It really doesn't make any sense that he would... Because, uh, like, he definitely wants River Run um, by well, doing yeah. this. I think part of him wants to just make Edmure happy momentarily, just to keep the yeah, wedding legitimate, the I guess. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a possibility that Edmure would be like, fuck that, and just, like, right. run away. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes the most amount of right. sense. Like, I mean, the, to me, the, the initial test is, is this one of the phrase... Do they have a unibrow? If not, we have to do some investigation. Uh, 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 but I did like the scene in that it's uh, it continues to have the uh, I think the impact on the viewer that everything's okay here. This is all going to work out very well, and and also still a, a, a subtle enough manner that I don't think it tips off uh, the massacre that's uh, about to ensue. I would agree that one hundred percent. It's it's lighthearted. Um, it, things are looking up at least for Edmure. Jesus Christ! I love Edmure. I love him in the book in the show. He's fucking great. I I, I love Edmure. Too. He's, he's one of my favorite. Like those 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 characters that are just completely pathetic characters. Yeah. He's one of my favorite one of those. Like I I delight in how terrible he is. <laughs> yep, he's awesome. Yeah. So next we go. Uh, we return to the uh, little rascals. Uh, Brand is starting to understand his power to a certain extent. He has the ability to jump into human minds, and I think Jojen says that no one has this power, but I think in the books, it's not that no one has the power. The wargs north of the wall a few uh, warging into humans as an abomination. It's just not done at all. So Bran tells the gang that he saw uh, John while he was warged into the wolf. Osha wants to head for Castle Black, where she presumes John is going to go, uh, but Bran tells the gang that he is headed north of the wall. Everything that the Three-Eyed Raven has told him so far has come true and Jojen seems to be giving him good advice. Uh, he also tells Ocean Rickon that they're to go to the Umbers. Uh, Rickon is upset as no doubt his agent is as well as any manager, any, anybody <laughs> getting any uh, as well as Ocean's too as well. Uh, Ocean agrees to the plan and departs with uh, Rickon and uh, we're left with a lot of uh, kind of maudlin back and forth and unearned emotion and, and sadness over the departure. I thought, uh, that's, that's about it to that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, uh, Brand just came off as, uh, too mature, uh, and too resolute. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, it didn't seem earned. But other than that, got to break up the party, I guess. Yeah. And Osha, like her, the explanation for why she cares so much about these dumb kids is that their family was good to her. When she didn't have anything else, well, you know, if I recall correctly, she was actually enslaved. Yeah, she was enslaved by them, so I, I guess yeah. that's better yeah. than than them killing her. She I wasn't guess. enslaved; she was just imprisoned without any definite <laughs> date for parole. <laughs> and and working on their land, yep. um, indefinite indentured servant. Yep. Yeah. For the most part, she wasn't literally in chains. Yeah. So although there were times as as it could have been. Was. Yeah. I feel like she was almost raped by Theon, but not all the way. Yeah. I think I want to start a Game of Thrones, Alice in Chains crossover band called Asha in Chains. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Is, thing- is, is the next time we see Rickon, like, when he gets killed? Yep. Pretty much. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't it, make uh, this, doesn't it make this whole something. thing pointless? Like... It really does. I guess that's why yeah, I have nothing to say about the scene about both of them because they're both so disposable in the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's like this goodbye is just like who cares? Like they're Especially not going to anything. In retrospect, absolutely. 
yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, at, the yeah. time, at the time, I was just like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. Where part of me was thinking, like, this is just a convenient way to get this character off screen, like get him, get him away from what's happening. But now, especially, this is kind of like, why why were they even spared in the first place? Like, yeah. I, uh, so, yeah, and let's think about it from, uh, you know, the season six perspective. So uh, Rickon goes with Asha to the Umbers and what, lives peacefully for three years? And then all of a sudden uh, the new guard comes out and <laughs> decides to fucking take him, turn him into Ramsey. That's very unfulfilling. And, and Were they in hiding the whole time? Or was he just kind of hanging out there? Well, he was, he, they it were going just... to the Umbers. He said that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were going to teach not- Rick and how to swing a sword and all that bullshit. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Teach him how to run. <laughs> zigzag. <laughs> teach him how to zigzag. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Break up the pattern, kid. Come on. Yeah, this was, it was really pattern. stupid. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that they the show has disposed of characters uh, as callously as they did with Rukan and Osha. Yeah. Uh, especially because Osha was, I mean, a pretty Rickon was disposable, I think, from the get go. Yeah. Uh, but Osha was kind of uh, tied in pretty deep. I mean, she was critical in Bran moving this far north uh, at this point. Um, you know, in his escape from from uh, Winterfell, and just to kind of toss her away to Ramsay to murder uh, was kind of, it's still kind of upsetting. Yeah, give it. Give us the narrative breakdown, Jeff. As it serves no purpose other than uh, Ramsey is a dick, right? Which you all we we talked about this in season six. It's like all these scenes where okay, yeah, we get it. Ramsey's a terrible person. Why do you, I mean? It doesn't serve I, I any guess other purpose. It kind of well, it, it fits the purpose of sort of antagonizing John into making a mistake on the battlefield, right? What about Asha? Which is something he's he's warned about. Oh, Asha, I have no idea. I have yeah, it's just completely like Ramsey's a dick. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I kind of um, honestly which, go ahead. I, I feel like at this point her role has been to sort of get a perspective of the wildlings, and and now that we're kind of meeting a whole and hanging out with a whole bunch of them, it's like, well, we don't need that anymore. So I can see, see that. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Jim? would say I would say in the end, I was just going to say in the end when when Asha eats it, and the same thing for Rickon, and the same thing for a number of people. I, I feel like as they got into season six in particular. Part of their motivation is just thinning the herd. Like I yeah, think, cleaning, like yeah. cleaning up, as, just cleaning right, up. The books sprawl so much, and I feel like they, I feel like they can't do it, and probably also are maybe critical of how sprawly it is because people in general tend to be critical of how sprawly it is. Um, so I feel like whatever they are in the camp of, everything just needs to be tightened up, and so you know they're yeah, sort like of you guys do, are saying, doing it. Like, yeah. Sorry. And when no, you guys are doing the the watch of season six, it's like every single week it'd be a character that they just kill. Yeah, and it just felt like tidying, tidying, tidying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that that's she's I, in the same boat. My there. question would be though, like it, it, this is all speculation and it doesn't matter again. But did they? Do you think they had a plan or were they like, oh, we'll figure this out later? Uh, and then they I decided. Think they, to- I think they figured. I think some stuff they have like overarching stuff they have planned for, but for the most part, I think they're like, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. Agreed. I think they uh, lost in this thing. Okay, so uh, going back to the tent, uh, Danny's just hanging out with Barristan. Uh, you know, they're probably talking about who they have crushes on or whatever. Uh, they're actually waiting word of the assault. Uh, Jorah arrives bloody and out of breath, reporting that the operation was a complete success. Uh, Jorah is then gut punched when Danny immediately asks about Dario. <laughs> oh man, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, 
And who, uh, Danny and Dario arrives and kneels and presents uh, the flag, I guess the flag of the city or whatever, informing her that the city is hers. And she is, I guess, glowing um, at Dario. Um, yeah, the, that reaction by uh, Ian Glenn, uh, Jorah, fucking fantastic. Uh, that's that's a chef kiss moment right there. Like, <laughs> mwah, like just perfect. Like, like the Jorah's face is just priceless. And I guess the first time I saw it, that's what I kind of took away with. Right. It's just like that's that's perfect. But on rewatch, I really love the way Dario just kind of swoops by and kind of stands in his way. Yeah, right in front of him. Eating right on his face. And he's just like, fuck this dude. Like, he, like I'm here, queen. Like, you asked for me. And here I am. And here's this bloody tarp, I guess, that you might want because I took the city. I don't know. It's 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 great. Well, Everything he, about it's great. He's a P. Even though we have no clue what that is. That, uh, that I have no idea what that is. Yeah, that, that, that has yeah. no relevance no to us. It's <laughs> just like yeah. they found it in a garage sale. And they were like, yeah, bloody that up. And, Give it to her. <laughs> One scene of that flag flying maybe could have been enough. You know what I mean? That would have been that would have been good. Yeah. A shot of that. Yep. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about this before. I think that uh some of these things that one simple thing would have been a fix. I, I wonder if it, it's uh, a product of the writers of the show being so immersed in it that they kind of assume the audience has knowledge or is making connections that they aren't necessarily making, but it's an like Easter egg thing to for book readers. Yeah, uh, if you look through the book, maybe they they talk about the symbol of the city or something or something like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, it kind of looked like a harpy to me, like because I think all the Slavers Bay cities have like uh, the harpy as a. I could be off my ass, but that's that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, uh, no, that's possible. Quick glance, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. We it doesn't matter. Who cares? It just it's yes. supposed <laughs> to represent the city somehow. We I think right. Yeah, uh, no, clearly. It could be, or it could just be like a horse blanket. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he went to the bed, bed bath and beyond on his way out. Yeah. <laughs> you actually tear that into strips for toilet paper. Yeah. My queen. Yes. All right. So next comes the uh, the the, with the the what we're all here for. Uh, Jeff, I think you're a literary guy. Is this would this be the denouement? No. Yes. What it? That's oh. No, denouement is actually the um, the falling action. Afterwards, would, right? would this be the Roman Aklef? Uh, <laughs> that's a turn. Would this be I... the building's Roman? Would this be the uh, reverse? Never mind. <laughs> so the, the rusty trombone. <laughs> I'll cover. I'll cut all that. Okay, so we're gonna try to we're gonna cut <laughs> into two parts here. Uh, pre-slaughter and then uh, post-slaughter, which not post-slaughter, but when the slaughter begins, which I think kind of hinges on the closing of the door, uh, when we we first get the sense that something uh, is amiss here. So we go to a scene uh, in the Frey Great Hall. It's a full-blown wedding. The band is playing. People are enjoying themselves. Uh, Nothing seems awry. Cat and the Blackfish are amused by, or bemused by Edmure now being happy despite complaining all the way to the uh, twins. Bolton is attendance and relates a story about how he married a fat fray because that resulted in him obtaining more silver. Uh, he was given silver based on the weight of his betrothed. Um, then Blackfish leaves to go uh, take a piss. Yeah. I was, I was attempting to come up with a, a uh, clever drain. Blackfish like, piss. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so Robin to Talisa discuss their familiar relationships. Uh, Rob leads in for a kiss, but Talisa says no. She does not want to rub it in the Frey's face. Frey interrupts. For that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, 
Shit to come then. Yeah. Uh, Frey interrupts the ceremony to say it's time for the betting ceremony. Uh, and Rob agrees. Uh, a bunch of creeps grab the newlywed and and take them off to uh, ceremonial molestation. Uh, Talisa is befuddled by the ceremony, but Rob explains that it's uh, custom to show that the marriage has been consummated. Talisa says there's other ways to show uh, that a marriage has been consummated, referring to her pregnancy. Talisa and Rob share a tender moment regarding their soon-to-not-be-forthcoming child. Uh, Kat smiles but notices the McPoyles closing the door. And I think this, and, and you clearly on her face, reading of her face is that something's going wrong here. And so this is a break. And actually, you know, we, we didn't, um, we should jump back real quick, Doug. Uh, we did not explain the importance of the salt. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Bread eating. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so why don't you talk about that? We'll, we'll jump in. It's really of, simple. Oh. The, there's just a, um, you know, it's just a tradition where, uh, you know, you want to, People, especially in the north, uh, you know, it gets cold outside, you need warmth, and you want to invite people into your house for shelter, and you don't want them to kill you while you're sleeping or or in any way. So they, there's kind, it's just this kind of like religious tradition, or I don't know if it's even religious, it's just a tradition. You offer somebody some food, they eat your food, and that's a ceremonial, um, everybody's cool, we're not going to do any harm. Uh, I'm not going to harm you in my hall. You're protected. Yeah, you're protected. Yeah, you're protected in my home. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just like guests. a it's a summit. It's a ceremony. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. a traditional ceremony. It's like shaking hands with somebody. You know, like hey, how you doing? Uh, I believe I don't know, Jeff. You're a historian. Uh, shaking hands was to like show that you're not armed, right? Initially, yes, that's correct. So it had yes. a very similar. Um, <laughs> yeah, it had a very. It's a very. That similar. sounds very good. <laughs> <laughs> Can we briefly acknowledge what a Renaissance man Jeff is? He's a man of words. He's a man of history. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I'm just going to say of, yes. Of many podcasts. Yes, and that's the More key. Than one. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. At, and and once again, it's it's one of these things that the the show just I guess it doesn't have time for. But you hear about the uh, the sharing of salt and bread a bunch of times before this. So when you see it, it's you know it's more of a you're like okay everything's cool here. Uh, they kind of explain it a little bit, but not really. Uh, it's very similar to the betting ceremony. I was still talking to uh, Brian last week. The Tyrion and Sansa wedding. They try to do a betting, and it's it's put off. But we don't see a betting ceremony before that point, so I feel like it's lost on the TV show audience, right? Yeah, I think so. So I, I'm sorry to harp on the the salt. Oh thing, God, what do you want to know? Do we know if anyone is? I mean, to me, at least in the books, I thought it was a huge deal that they violated this. It is a huge yeah. deal. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. huge deal. They're yeah. they're basically like cursed now. That's yeah. the idea. Like no um, one should trust this. them, and no one no one will respect them. Like they they've they're damned. Yeah. Except for if the Lannisters win the war, then then they write the history as far as the the phrase are concerned. I, I don't think you know? so. I think the river lo- the yeah. Riverlanders are, will rebel and still they'll they'll be old people. People talk in the streets all the time about uh, Bill Clinton getting a blowjob. <laughs> Can you imagine like <laughs> these people like they 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 offered him salt and uh, fucking bread and then they murdered him? I'll never work for those motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like uh, I think this will sow contempt. Um, for generations, I guess, but there still would be in power. Yeah, but it won't be an easy reign. It's not going to be accepted. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, and I think was the only other incident that we know of in the books 
of someone breaking that uh, – or, or actually, were there any other incidents that we know of in the books where – Somebody uh, broke that that uh, that ceremony. Or well, the, it's the actually funny you should mention it because of the time. Is it the Rat King? Yeah, it's the Rat King. The discussion that yeah. we get when yeah. Bran, uh, Bran, Jojen, and Mira go north of the Wall, which hasn't happened in the show yet. They specifically in the books have that scene prior to the Red Wedding to illustrate, you know, this fable about, um, you know, the basically the Rat King. The what happens is. A uh, guy comes in. Uh, they, somebody did him wrong, but he still took bread and salt from the guy and entered his house and then killed him. So the so even though he was just in his vengeance, he still broke guest rights. So the gods damned him to be a rat and to eat his children for the rest of his life. He would just eat rat babies. Which I don't know. A, which is exactly what happens to Walter Frey eventually. Yes. Like, like oh yeah, she, exactly. Uh, Arya cooks cooks his kids into a pie. So. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Okay. You seem to enjoy it, so. Yeah, they tasted good. <laughs> All right. I, guess, so, I don't know. So going back to this, uh, the the scene here, uh, you know, Blackfish gets up to piss. Um, I have a feeling he's going to come up big later in the series. <laughs> or fucking not. Oh, uh, God, the Blackfish. Ugh. Yeah, that's a hell of a coincidence. and I don't know how he managed to get away. I mean, how far away did he go to take his piss? He must be very. He goes all the way to uh, what castle does he end up hold up at? Like I don't know. If they got uh, a really good bathroom there, uh, he <laughs> I'm going t- to piss all the way over there. I feel yeah. like if you would have just said, "I'm going to go piss in the river," like yeah. you know, that would yeah. say, "Oh, maybe the river is a little bit further away or something." I'm going to go find a tree to piss in. I don't. You know. You would think if there's this epic battle between him and everybody, that Arya would have seen some of that. Right? Yeah. And it, is that what he says? That is that what he says in season six that he fought his way? Well, how else would he? How else would he? Have? I don't know. Did he just like creep away? Like I don't. He just he could have scampered away. Scampered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's odd. And that, you know, I don't. When I watched it the first time, I didn't remember that they kind of dragged Edmure out of it before the slaughter happened. Which is kind of brilliant because it still keeps the uh, union between the phrase and the Tollies together, mm-hmm. such that the phrase have the claim on River One. Yep, and, I and think- that's all exactly how it pretty much breaks down in the books. Like the Blackfish is there; he just kind of takes off. Yeah, uh, they drag Emir away. Um, yeah. Because the so. phrase want, I guess, uh, I just realized that's probably why another reason why Rosalind's uh, attractive is because. Uh, in order to hold River Run, they need a baby. Um, right. By yeah, Edmure. they need care. Because even if you know if the the wedding wasn't consummated and they don't have a kid, uh, the phrase still won't have River Run. It'd probably go to another male um, extended family member or something along those lines. Maybe even the Blackfish. Yes, mm. and then this is also uh, marks another. Uh, probably upset agent or managers uh, at, at what happens to this character because Edmure just disappears for multiple seasons. Yep. I like them in Rome. Okay. So now the door closes and what happens next? <laughs> okay, so the door closes and um, and I don't know why Catelyn has this weird feeling. She just gets a sixth, sixth sense. Uh, well, the and, reigns of Castamere Well, no, she fun. gets yeah. that sixth She gets that sixth sense Right before the reigns of Castamere, yeah. I feel it's as soon as they shut the door. Yes, right. I think part of her is just being like, "What they shut them this door for?" People kind of. don't um, shut doors. What's that all about? Yeah, 
If he would have locked, <laughs> if he would have made a a show of locking the door, maybe bringing down a, um, you know, turning a key or something. I feel like. Yeah. And then the guy swallows the key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, they close the doors. Uh, the band in the balcony starts taking up the Reigns of Castamere, one of only two songs in this universe. Um, <laughs> and uh, Catelyn, <laughs> she senses something is off. Uh, and then we get a they cut back outside to the Hound and Arya arriving in disguise. Uh, I guess the Hound is wearing a hoodie, uh, posing as a merchant, uh, trying to bring salt pork. The guard uh, informs him that the feast is over, and he sounds like it's still going on. The guy just gives him a bunch of guff. Uh, eventually, he's turned away, and uh, both the Hound and Arya know something is up because, you know, armed men are scurrying this way and that. Uh, we cut back inside, and Walder Frey uh, cuts cuts off the music abruptly and gives this speech about, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you a wedding gift for the king and uh, queen. Uh, and at the same time he's saying this, Catelyn um, reaches over to Roos's arm and pulls up his sleeve to reveal that he is wearing ring mail underneath his dress clothes. Very suspicious. So she slaps him, and he runs off, and we'll talk about this, but he runs off from the hall <laughs> accompanied by a handler. It's like a guy grabs him and says, this way, this way, uh, and he kind of just disappears like a, I don't know, um, very strange. And uh, Catelyn gives Rob the alarm, get out of here, get out. Um and at this time, one of the uh, random fray guys comes over, pulls a knife, and comes up behind Talisa and stabs her a whole mess of times in the gut. Um, and the guys in the balcony pull out crossbows and start feathering everybody in the room with uh, arrows, um, uh, including Rob and Cat. Outside, Arya seems uh, sees more Northmen being slaughtered um, at dinner. Uh, and she attempts to free Grey Wind, but uh, more guys show up, and they shoot him with crossbows, and he whimpers and dies, which is very sad. Um, Arya then tries to run inside, but is stopped by the Hound, who knocks her unconscious, because that's what he does. He's skilled at it, and carries her away, saying it's too late. Back inside, Walder Frey, uh, everybody's being slaughtered inside uh, the room, and Walder calls a halt to the fighting. Uh, while Rob claw- crawls on hands and knees to his dying wife, who's cradling her stomach, uh, Catelyn uh, sees Walter Frey's wife uh, cowering under the the table. She runs over, pulls a knife, and holds it to her throat, and tries to get uh, her son's life. Begs for her son's life, saying that they'll forget the whole thing if they <laughs> let me go, which is just very tragic. Um, she says, uh, if, and he's like, why should I do that? He says, if you don't, I'll slit your wife's throat. And there's a little bit of a standoff. Um, and he, re- uh, Walter Frey casually responds that he'll find another. And then Roose Bolton comes out of nowhere and grabs, uh, embraces Rob and stabs him in the gut, saying the Lannisters send their regards, uh, letting us all know that I guess the Lannisters had a hand in this, uh, or confirming it. Uh, and Catelyn lets out a baleful wail and cuts uh, Mrs. Thray- Frey's throat, uh, and she collapses, and Catelyn just kind of lapses into a shocked silence where she's just staring off into space, uh, and then she's eventually, uh, her throat is in turn slit by a Frey goon, uh, and the show ends to silence. Whew. 
Yeah. So the 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 Frey goon that slit her throat is actually Black Walder that we've seen a few times before. Mm. Uh, one other interesting note uh, is that one of and obviously you'd never know this unless you were a Coldplay nerd, but one of the band members is actually that in the scene was a member of Coldplay apparently. Yeah, I don't uh, like shit like that. Line. I don't I don't like when like, hey, that random guy that doesn't make any difference, uh the stupid uh uh extra that's basically like human window dressing is this famous person who gives a shit. I think it's kinda interesting if they don't detract from the show, but it's kinda cool. funny. It's kinda funny <clears throat> that like yeah. cool play helps kill the Winterfells. <laughs> is it <laughs> right? Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. Um, so the uh, the reigns of Castamere, the song that plays when Cat realizes uh, something's uh, amiss, is actually I think it's been termed the unofficial song of uh, House Lannister, and that was the song that uh, Cersei discussed with Marjorie in the last episode, where it's actually a song about how um, when the House Reign attempted to. Uh, lead a rebellion against the Lannisters. Uh, Tywin more or less slaughtered every one of them, and now they're no longer a house at all whatsoever. But we don't hear about it until the explanation of that song. So, I, I mean, I thought that detail was really interesting, and in it did was ominous. Not only if you understood the background, it becomes super ominous, but even just the, the sound of the song and the music of the song is very ominous. I mean, obviously, that's not wedding music. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is, uh, do you <laughs> think, from a show perspective, uh, you recognize that as the Reigns of Castamere? Like, I, I feel like when C- uh, Cersei talked about it, she talked about the song, but we didn't get a direct link to the song she's talking about and that melody. Not directly, I, think, I feel. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, no. Not, a sing- if you're watching it a single time, I don't know how you would pick that up. But I do think that you could tell the shift in tone of the oh, yeah. music in yeah. combination with, with Cat. It would, it also, it would yeah, be really cheesy if like Catelyn was like, wait a minute. The reigns <laughs> of Castamere. Well, if, if somebody like, would have just, know that song. If, if somebody would have just sang it, sang the first couple lyrics, uh, maybe, yeah, I guess. True. Yeah. If we had, uh, if we had the, uh, the national. Yeah. The guy. Oh, it was actually the national on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Or Mastodon or one of the other fucking... Uh, I prefer the National to Coldplay, I have to say. So. Ooh, well, I think that didn't the take. National do a cover of the song as one of the... Uh, yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah. yeah. Or at least uh, the lead singer sang. I don't know if there was a band for it. Oh, is Although, there other people in the National besides the lead singer? Yeah, the fucking drummer's incredible. Uh, but it would have been really interesting instead if they had the one other band that covered a song, if they had the Hold Steady cover yeah, I of the Rings like- of <laughs> <laughs> Craig Finn just talks singing through the entire thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. the rains they were a pouring, and the kids they were snoring, and like <laughs> Is that the top of the dome. I just came up with that. Yeah, that's good. Put good that to Craig some music. Finn. You should be wilding out right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, so let's let's start from the beginning. So yeah, uh, uh, Catelyn just. Gets the sneaking suspicion and lifts up Roose Bolton's sleeve to see him wearing marine mail. That's weird. Um, I thought that was really like, cool. That's, that's, this is how she finds out in the book. But um, something about the way this is like, shot and edited and like Roose Bolton's face just is very weird to me. Right. It, it yeah. doesn't like seem natural. Hitting on her. 
or something. He's just like, what do you think about that? Huh? Yeah. Like, he's like looking he at her like, like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, right. It's very strange. Um, it's, I, I almost feel like it's slowed down so the audience can kind of try to piece together like what's happening. Like the folks who don't know, but in, but if you know, you're just sort of like, why is he looking at her like that? Like, why is he, I don't know. It's just a little, it doesn't I quite did, work for me. And I, I love, did, Rusev, but I did, I did like that detail. I love uh, the I, detail. I don't, I don't know that I liked his reaction. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I, I love I love that it's the armor that that is the final nail in the coffin. But there's just something about his look and the way it's executed just kind of bugs me. Well, I would have yeah, liked to seen some armor. I would have liked to seen like some armor or like a glint, like a little like hint of the light going where where she notices it. Right now she that just pulls back a sleeve. It doesn't like right. I was watching it. She there's nothing to his sleeve. That would lead yeah, her to believe no, that he's wearing ring mail. There's no idea. Like, even if it made a little bit of noise that she noticed or something, yeah. which is, I think, how she, how she how she discovers it in the book, if I recall, or just notices that they're kind of weighted down or something. I don't know. Um, or I think she, she says, that, that's an awfully thick coat for the... He says, no, it's <laughs> always chilly here in the freeze. Uh. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, she slaps play. him. She slaps him, it's and then he off. runs away. Do you guys remember right. seeing this? Like... No, I didn't. She yeah. watch the scene because he fucking runs away, and then there's a guy yes. like on stage, no, stage left, who like grabs him by the shoulder and ushers him out of the room. It's weird. It's very odd. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And I, then, didn't, I, I hadn't remembered that the first time I watched it. Um, and then he comes back in. Yeah, that. out of nowhere, and stabs Rob. Yeah, he comes in almost like he's on a skateboard. Like he almost just like slides <laughs> in. It's just like yes. Yeah, it's just like oh, and I'm here. Yeah. yeah. The way they do, I think all through that, they do a, a pretty good job of, like, staging it. And I think especially Catelyn, like, the way she plays it is really, really good, especially at the end. Oh, yeah, she's she's phenomenal in this. But that makes the whole, the Roose Bolton, the, his weird little electric slide, like, moment just kind of very goofy. Um, the whole, th- we, I mean, we don't need to talk about it right this second. But again, like we said, that Talisa is kind of even there. Uh, you know, I mean, she just is there to make it that much more shocking, and I don't. It doesn't need to be that um, in the way okay. that it is. I kind of feel like in in the books, like because everything is through Catelyn's perspective, like it's really effective because you're you're kind of feeling the loss. Like it's her son that gets killed, right? It's kind of all through that, yeah. Um, POV, and because the show doesn't necessarily do that, like I mean, it's. It's her, but it's kind of Rob just as much. I mean, Rob is almost a little bit at a distance in the books, and so you kind of see all this stuff happen through her perspective, and then she eats it at the very end, um, obviously when sort of all is lost and and she's very despondent. Um, so, all, you know, all this other stuff, I mean, it still is this really tough moment, um, but it doesn't play quite as effective to me as it, as it does in the books. It's, Especially the Talisa thing. The Talisa thing is so over the top; it almost hate, makes it. Yeah, it's, the Talisa it's, thing it's, is, is literally overkill. Like it's literally yeah. over. Like I, it's, it's just, just shock for shock value. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's there's no question that when they were writing this scene, they said, "What's the worst thing that can happen at this moment?" Right. Oh, they, yeah, they murder. Right. Uh, let's like, let's stab the, the pregnant woman in the belly like umpteen right. times. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and I'm not. I I I have no problem with violence. Um, like it's, but it's just, 
like the whole point of her being there, the whole point of her really being on the show is so that she can end up at this wedding and get right. stabbed in the belly. Right. And it's just kind of like, it's mean spirited yep. a bit, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, though, I think that when she decided that they should name the kid if it's a boy, Ed, Ed, uh, <laughs> yeah. Edward. 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 Well, you know, that I think that invoked the curse of Sean Bean in that that baby had to die. <laughs> he's, he's being reincarnated. So right. it's like, gotta kill him. Yeah. You, Sean Bean dies and everything. It's the only movie Sean Bean doesn't die in. I don't know. It was released like a couple years ago. I didn't know there was one. It's funny too because you think he's gonna die and then somehow he doesn't. Um, now I'm forgetting the name of it. It's a Wachowski movie. With, oh, did he make it all the way through uh, the yeah, Jupiter's movie? Jupiter Rising or whatever that is. Yeah, he makes it in that, which is kind of but funny. His career's dead several- after that, right? Much, yeah. <laughs> along with everybody else associated Come on. with it. Um, <laughs> hey, oh. Okay, back to the back to this uh, this murder fest. Um, so, like in the books too. Uh, so, Catelyn, yeah, Catelyn fucking knocks it out of the park. Her like pain and like when she when she lets out that wail when Rob gets killed. That's that was yeah. fucking brutal. Her face, intense. yeah, that's intense. Like that's great acting. I mean, that's that, that's just no fucking awesome. Um, in the book, she grabs um, <laughs> Walder's Down syndrome. Um, grandson or son um called jingle bells who's also because he's slow they also give him <laughs> that's what his name is he's slow so they turn him into like the court jester they're like okay well you can make us laugh i guess but uh yeah it's it's tragic because catlin in this situation she kills a child like it's yeah it's yeah. fucked up, but she like, but once again, it was honor. She gives, <laughs> she let let him go, or I I will swear on my honor as a Tully and of a Stark that I will slit your wife's throat. And you know, she called him, so you know, honor dictates she's got to do shot, it. <laughs> the shot of the poor woman getting her through throat slit, that that kind of hits home too. There's something about that that's just sort of like this poor woman hates, yeah. hates, hates Walder Frey, hates being afraid, hates being in this house, and she's just like, fuck me, yeah, like this. <laughs> You know what like, though? It yeah. might be it might actually be a good outcome for her. Yeah, she's, no, that's she's true. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy killing. She gets out of there one way or another. And I my favorite thing about the whole thing is just the look on her face. Like yeah. she looks dead before her, her throat's yep. even cut. Yep. So yeah. that, done. To me, that's like again, phenomenal acting. It's a phenomenal performance. And it's like her her getting killed is like an afterthought. Yep. Because she's pretty much just already dead. Um which really kind of I think makes even though I have some problems with the sequence, it definitely makes this sequence a success, I think, ultimately. Absolutely. Ultimately a success, I will say that as well. Um, and uh, if you if you were not expecting it, I don't know if there's a better um, – I mean, a better scene to end a show that's more shocking. And I, I don't know of anything that is, has hit, I think, audiences as hard as this – seen it hit audiences well you weren't alive for the whole dallas and who shot jr thing so you don't know <laughs> i don't think that was a, a gut punch <laughs> that was a question you know but uh i mean i can't think of anything even of me uh having known what was going on I all don't right remember do you remember okay so ted danson yeah. and cheers he took off his hairpiece at one point oh god that was brutal yeah that's pretty rough 
Uh, I will say I did. I mean, this is far and away Catelyn's Catelyn's performance and how she goes out far and away better than how it is in the books. In the books, she tears out her eyes. She goes crazy and just starts tearing out her eyeballs, and uh, and then they slit her throat because she's. I think they were going to use her as a hostage uh, because it doesn't make any sense to kill her. Like she still has mm-hmm. value. Um, they got their point across. She still has value. I don't. Uh, you know, maybe to make Edmure do whatever they want him to do by threatening her. So it doesn't make sense, but I like I like how effective it is. Uh, but let's talk about the the elephant in the room. Fucking uh, after this performance, you can see how like Lady Stoneheart would have been perfect. Like I understand it's too much it's magic. Still, it, it's a bridge too far. Uh, it's fucking dragons. Like give me a break. Like there's dragons and they set it up. Here's here's my biggest disappointment. Probably uh, arguably with the series. Like not not doing it makes their focus in season two on what's his butt kind of arbitrary, right? Like uh, who they set that, um, the guy that comes back like six or seven times. Oh yeah. Uh, Don Darian. They spend a lot yeah. of time with him in season two. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's definitely like setting this whole thing up and then to not sort of just to just completely drop it. just seems like a missed opportunity to me. Um, I, I mean, I get it to a certain extent and I, I definitely feel like just like they're sort of just killing characters by the six seasons because they're trying to tidy up they definitely were like we can't even go there because it's it's too much it's too big um but there's just something about that the idea of this character dying but being so vengeful that the vengeance is keeping her alive and just fucking hanging phrase in the woods that i love (laughs) so much but i think i I think it's it's personification is what of what we were talking about like being cursed this is the literal manifestation of them uh defying the gods by breaking the guest rights by by bringing harm to their guest after the salt and uh, bread exactly and i feel like they tried they've tried to sort of make amends with it by by what they've done with Arya's character and how she comes back and stuff but it's so less satisfying, especially yeah. since her storyline is horrible, um, like leading up to that point. So I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of bummed that it really felt like it was going to be a great addition to the show, especially the way she's killed. And I, it just kind of still kind of bugs me that. They yeah, just don't the, deal the with way it. she was killed with her throat slit, I was thinking, oh, that'll be easier for her to come back as a zombie because they won't have to do as much prosthetic makeup on her. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's really disappointing, I guess. Very much so. Uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite um, storylines in the in the books, and I'm disappointed they didn't bring it back. But we've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, I, 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 we're gonna give our ratings and just overall feelings. I think I have to agree with uh, Jeff. Uh, I obviously had a lot of criticisms for this episode, but. Ultimately, is it was successful. It was a huge gut punch, and it wasn't like an action extravaganza like the Blackwater. Uh, the only action, as Jim pointed out, was uh, you know in Young Kai, and it was kind of obligatory and meaningless without any consequence. Um, but it still had that huge reaction, and if not more so than any other episode, um, you know, I guess you know Ned getting his head cut off comes close. Uh, the Mountain and the Viper comes close. Um, but this is obviously the king should have fucked mountain when it comes to Game of Thrones episodes. So I'm gonna have to. Give I don't this- think, uh, and I actually don't think the mountain of the viper comes close. I think really? the twist was interesting enough, but I don't know that we were nearly as invested in the viper as we were in the entire 
Stark family. I, you know, I'm just trying to. What comes close? What uh, you give me another example of something that comes close Dude, besides no. maybe jo- Joffrey's death might be up there. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I think we are like rooting for that. I think no, yeah, exactly. That's not like die, a shot. I think it's that's Ned's true. death is the only one that's uh, in the. Ned's, in the, Ned's death know. is the topper for me, mostly because yeah. that I didn't watch. I didn't read the books before I watched the first series or first uh, season. So that one's still been the most shocking to me. I actually just decided to read the books because I was like, okay, show, you're not going to do this to me again. Like, and this, this basically proves that all bets are off. And so I'm reading the book and I'm like, you know, Martin, Martin fake kills his character so many times. Yeah. And then to this scene, it's just like, no, they are dead. And then, of course, you know, with in Catelyn's case, she kind of isn't. It's just like, Martin, like you can't kill characters. Like, I don't know. It's, it's great. It's one of the yeah, reasons I love you were saying. I love the book it's my favorite book it's like the best um i think that he's written that i've read so i've read that uh his mo- part of his motivation behind killing rob starkoff was because he just assumed that he thought the audience assumed that it was just uh that the overarching story was that ned's uh, ned's descendants get revenge and just to fuck with the audience he just killed off ned's descendants all in one shot so that there's no way that they could get revenge upon uh, for Ned's death, which yeah. is just a crazy way to treat your audience. I mean, it's insane. Well, I that, think that's what he loves to do. <laughs> well, I, th- yeah, I, I crazy, think his though. biggest his bigger point too, and if you read his other works, is that that vengeance is bad. Like I yeah. think I think that's a I, I, the show gets that wrong a couple times, but I think that's pretty consistent in the book. I mean, we talked about the Viper. His whole thing was vengeance. He went after it. He kind of got it, uh, you he know. Had it. He still got it. I mean, the, the it's not like the mountains. Like, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, but he still, you like, know, like, it like, turns the poison like in your mouth. He's a zombie, so like you know. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, I I just think that uh that vengeance is bad. So I think he's trying to illustrate that point. And all the also obviously the you know the heroes aren't always you know just because you introduce somebody as a hero shouldn't excuse their um deeds. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. you know, I know this guy, so it's okay. Um, you know, I make excuses for for his bad behavior and his bad decisions because, you know, he's the hero or he's somebody I know. Sure, sure. All right, so what's your rating, Doug? I'm going to give it a 4.5. I think it's, uh, you know, upper echelon of Game of Thrones episodes uh, that you can watch, despite all the, all the other stuff, the ancillary characters, Sam Gilly, um, you know, these wasteful scenes, Danny being somewhat the whole storyline being boring. I still think it's great just because of the last 15 minutes. I agree with you. And I'm not sure. Gosh, these I've given so many ratings, but uh, I'm going to give it a published chicken figure sandwich. And I apologize if I've given that before. And I hope that when I gave it before, I hope it amounted to a 4.5 because <laughs> I, I agree with the rating. Okay, solid. Uh, what about you guys? Go to the right, Jeff. Uh, I'd give it a four out of five, I think. <laughs> Or, or perhaps a four point two five out of five. We don't do allowed that. To... Nope. All right. So, I, Jim, have, have there been any episodes that you thought were better than this one? Yeah, that's yes. The relevant I do. scale. Okay, I, I give us one of those. Do. Like I, uh, like the the episode where Ned dies. Like I think is a, a five for me because um, you know I at that point I hadn't read the books and it was all new to me and it was so shocking and it it kind of deepened the idea of what the show could be. To me, I think I'd, I'd probably even say, um, I'm trying to think of another one, but some of the some of the episodes was like Stannis 
in season two, I, I'd probably say might be better. I mean, th- this is this is great in the end. It has a great ending. But I think overall, like the problems just kind of weigh it down a little bit. It's still a good episode. I'm not saying it's a bad episode, but um, it's not quite that high for me. Sorry. Gotcha. Okay. No, no, just, just one, one, one explanation. Yeah. All right, Jim. Yeah. Uh, I would do so. I mean, I mean, we're not doing quarters, so I guess no. It's a, very quarter- simple. It's a ten point scale. No. <laughs> <laughs> On five. It's a ten point scale. Yeah, I mean, you know, from from, right, from yeah, zero, it, from zero it, to five in half increments half, up to five points are allowed. Okay, yeah, it's okay. very simple. One of my, one of my favorite. <laughs> Why do I have to explain this every time? It's one of my favorite things in the world is listening to you explain it and then listening to Brian be confused about it. It is so frustrating. <laughs> Just name a sandwich, you asshole. Uh, so I'm going to give it like a like a nice, like juicy New England double IPA. Uh, oh, a beer. Yeah. That's that's a different rating um, system. Is that, is that a New England style IPA? Because I've seen this pop up recently. Is I'm that like a heady sure topper? Yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah, Hedy Topper. Hedy Topper is sort of the OG. That's like a dude. That's like a good rating for this for this Hedy episode. Topper was yeah, yeah. So I think so. I mean, this is a pretty good one. It's not the best to me necessarily. I'd agree with Jeff. The um, Baylor is is a better episode, and to Baylor. me, like almost all of season four is really really solid. I love the Viper fight, and then I think the fight at the wall is really good um, that season. Uh, but yeah, the, the, ep- that- the episode where they one of my favorites, just because it's completely new and so well done, was the episode where they fight the others out of nowhere. Like that that episode's yeah, still that's, that's Eric, oh, hard that's, home. Yeah, that's uh, it, Brian's it's late favorite. In the, yeah. Yeah, it's hard season home. five. Yeah. Season five, and I didn't love that season, but that episode still is probably one of my favorites just for that stuff yeah. alone. That, um, yeah, that's true. The thing I'll say about this episode, I mean, I I, I think they do besides the, the stuff that we've said about you know, complaints about how they set it up. I think they do do a pretty good job with the wed wedding. And in particular, um, you know, the, the, the Caitlin stuff at the very end just sells it so good. Um, I kind of like the rest of the stuff. I, I remembered almost this season a little bit, not being as strong for whatever reason, just thinking that they kind of were building up to the red wedding and, and maybe the rest of the, the episodes weren't as strong. Um, and the rest of the storyline like wasn't as strong. But I was kind of pleasantly surprised rewatching it um, that, you know, the John stuff kind of, I mean, even if it's a little bit hokey, like comes to a fairly satisfying conclusion. I feel like they do a good job of getting the stories that are maybe treading a little bit of water this season, kind of moving on to the next step. Like John kind of breaks from the wildlings and, um, you know, Danny kind of conquers the city and Dario gets in the picture. That's not a great example. Um whatever brand and stuff. We don't really see the Lannisters at all, um, but that's fine. Um, and the red wedding itself. I mean, it's such, it's such a big, it's such a shocking event that I feel like, I almost feel like for the show and the story, it's like, you kind of have to get up to that and then you do everything else. Like, I feel like until you, I remember like thinking in my head, okay, everybody's going to watch this show and then they're going to see this thing and it's going to be really shocking but then, like, what happens? Like, are people still going to be into it afterwards? Like, what will happen? Um, so I thought the episode was good, but I will say that I think the next season is even better. Um, and certainly more consistent. I think for sure, because uh, I think you're right. They they probably set out and said, uh, okay, uh, when they looked at season 
uh, three, they probably said, okay, episode nine is going to be the Red Wedding. Let's build everything around that, I feel. Um, right. And it's too, I mean, like I get it because it is really shocking, but I, I will, I guess, make a slight complaint about the idea that like, just because something is shocking makes it good. Doesn't I make guess. it good. Yeah, right. no, that's exactly right. Well, at the very least, it makes it relevant. Yeah. Right. So you get this rush of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Like, but like, does it make sense or move the story forward or do this other stuff? I don't like watch The Walking Dead necessarily, but like, I feel like that's a show. My sense is it is that that's a show that like is all about like just like killing people for the sake of it being shocking, and I can't that's, believe it. That's and my then problem. With, watch it, with yeah. Pretty much to Lisa in the in a nutshell because yeah. I, I still feel like it's like killing these characters is an important part of the story, but like a hundred percent, it's justifiable. Case, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. I like it. And then again, not to belabor the point, but in the books, when it's not to Lisa and it's Jenny Westerling, and she doesn't die, I mean it. I mean, I think it's kind of more effective that she just was this kind of little kid that kind of got played a little yeah. bit, right? And like had this like crazy traumatic experience and really seemed to care about Robin. I mean, they, they did in the book seem to care about each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't get their perspective in much. And so it makes it that much kind of rougher on them and sort of more tragic. Yeah. It does make you know, it more tragic. A, Absolutely. I mean, in a different way, not that this isn't sad and tragic. Um, in a cartoonish but way. But it's maybe. in a different way in the book that, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know what the heck. I mean, we haven't checked in with Jenny Wrestling any in, in the book since then, but like, what the heck is she going to do now? Like, right. <laughs> is she pregnant? Um, Who anyway. knows? Yeah. Wait. Uh, w- real quick before I wrap up, cause we need to get going. This has been on going on too long. I want to thank both of you guys, uh, Jim and Jeff. Once again, check out, um, greater Boston on iTunes. Are you guys on Stitcher? We're on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher as well. I just signed up and we have zero followers, <laughs> zero subscriptions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we have any followers either. I haven't checked in a while. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. you you bring up a good point. When Brian asked you what would be a perfect Game of Thrones episode, Brian, I feel like we've given uh, five stars before, or at least I have. Um, and I can't remember which episodes that was for. The only one I can think of uh, for me would have been Hard Home uh, stood above the rest. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite episode. episode. Yeah. That's a good one. I feel like there was yeah. a random episode for me that were like, Everything was intriguing. The acting was great, um, but nothing of real like import to the story happened. But it, it was just like I thought it was a perfect episode. Um, but once again, I, I don't remember it, so I you know I can't call it. Yeah, forth. we'll go back through. Yeah, let's yeah, get I'll go back through, read them all. You know, no, yeah. we'll ask Sam Shu. He he, uh, the one fan Sam that we Shoe? have. You guys, I think you guys are going to be pumped to rewatch season four because when I watched it with my girlfriend for the second time a little while ago. I was super impressed at, at how much they built it up and just sort of how consistent it was kind of episode to episode. Yeah. I, I think, think so. you're probably right. I was we we kind of overhyped season three because I remember it being season three equals Storm of Swords. But yeah, I think you're right. Most of the, the payoffs and the good stuff is in the second half, which they saved for season four. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh if there's nothing else, uh once again, thank you, Jim and Jeff, for being on. Um For Brian, this is Doug saying see you next Tuesday and take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Bye.